I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. This week is all about the 1994 film Fist of Legend, directed by Gordon Shan and starring Jet Li, and featuring choreography by Yuen Wuping. And this is, a, this is definitely a cool one. We're continuing our arc looking at Jet Li movies, and you, there's, there's a lot to talk about whenever it comes to this movie, but... Um, was this a Marty or a Carlos pick? I can't remember. I think this was another of sort of, yeah, sort of yeah. a Jinx uh, shared pick. You know, I think, I'm guessing for a lot of people, uh, Fist of Legend is kind of a seminal Jet Li movie. You know, I would kind of argue if, if I could just show uh, a friend maybe like one Jet Li film, I feel like not only is this such a strong and memorable movie, but um, I don't know, I think it really captures so much of what's great about Jet Li is a... Uh, as an actor and you know as like a screen mm. performer i th- i would say the same uh i definitely like this is the one that when i would talk to somebody about jet Li movies they would come right back at me like yeah jet Li, fist of legend this is the one like and <laughs> mm-hmm. it exemplifies all the things that i like about jet Li, like the cool composed uh hero bursting with style but everything's really tight and really fast these are the things that I love about Jet Li and everything's apparent in this movie. And I, I think the movie just in general looks really nice. Like the sets are really yeah. nice and it flows really well. Uh, yeah, it's fun stuff. No, it's a it's a cool one. And also, it's definitely, definitely worth noting that this movie is actually a remake of Fist of Fury, the well, one of the biggest Bruce Lee movies. And... It's definitely it. You can tell it's a remake. Like the story is definitely similar, but like it's I don't know. It's really interesting comparing the two because they're definitely right. two very different sensibilities. Even though the story is kind of uh, superficially the same. Yeah, it's really interesting. I kind of have the impression that Fist of Fury is maybe the most um, beloved of the Bruce Lee films, like in Hong Kong and in in China. Uh, it does seem to be the movie that sort of riffed on more often than uh, any of his any of his other films, uh, but yeah, I think this is maybe the most sort of like well executed homage to Fist of Fury, and I mean those are <laughs> giant shoes to fill, and mm-hmm. uh, it's really saying something, I guess, uh, that we're kind of calling this one of Jet Li's strongest performances here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he yeah he strikes a really nice balance. Um, throughout the film and kind of small touches that that seem to signal something about either Bruce Lee's interpretation of Chen Zhen or just Bruce Lee as like a persona. Um, but it's really integrated into kind of, you know, just his, his own energy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think this would be a really fun doubleheader. And uh, it sounds like both of you guys kind of brushed up on Fist of Fury this yeah, week. I was going to well, say right? it was a doubleheader for me because I watched, I had never seen either of them, uh, but I watched Fist of Legend. I saw that it was a remake and I was like, well, okay, I've, you know, I'll go back and watch Bruce, the Bruce Lee movie as well. And it's definitely an interesting doubleheader because you can definitely tell the, like, 
Hong Kong filmmaking changed a lot from 1972 to 1994. <laughs> really? And just the, the way that it looks is just so much different. Like the way that all the shots are composed, things are definitely a lot more like sound stagey and zoomed back and Fist of Fury and a lot more like up close, the camera sweeping around. But also just the way that Jet Li portrays Jensen so much different i guess different in a lot of ways like they're both out right. for revenge but bruce lee has a lot more like anger and Jet Li and like unbridled anger and and jet lee is a little more uh like more more restrained yeah well, i, I would think say bruce, like yeah bruce lee as chen zen is like a volcano where jet lee is like a <laughs> laser great. in yeah the legend yeah that's a good way to put it because bruce lee like it it's those fight scenes are nuts. Like in, in uh, Fist of Fury will be a will be a future episode. I'm sure we'll get into it then. But yeah, yeah, there's a ton like, to say about it. Lord, and yeah, Bruce Lee. <laughs> it's it's funny like, that's... yeah, he he always just kind of commanded so much kind of stage presence, I guess. And from what you hear behind the scenes, you know, he really uh, he really kind of demanded being the center of attention uh, in the films <laughs> that he starred in. Uh, yeah. in. You know, and you can't blame him. I mean, he's really probably one of the most uh legendary figures of film you know ever up there with mm. like marilyn monroe or yeah you know like any sort of uh fallen legend but yeah jet Li is definitely comparatively uh a man of very few words and but i feel like that's yeah, a good way to approach it because yeah absolutely you, if you approach it from a different angle with the same story and I'd say this movie's also a lot more, uh, I guess, sympathetic to the Japanese. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, totally. he's, you know, like his his girlfriend's Japanese and Fist of Legend and like one of the other masters is like a lot more repentant saying like, I'm sorry. Uh, I guess we can get into the actual story itself. The basic plot of the movie is that uh, Chinzen finds out that his old master died and in Fist of Legend, they say it's because like he got in a fight with a Japanese karate master and he killed him. But Shinzen's like, there's no way that the master could have killed him because my teacher's so good. If you got something, you know, a foul. But in this one, it's like a very repentant other Japanese master saying, you know, I'm sorry, but I heard your master died and you should probably go back and, and see it <laughs> instead of being all, you know, Japanese are so much better than the Chinese mm. all the time. Right. Yeah, there's a real hard line in Fist of Fury where mm -hmm. it's very anti-Japanese and, you know, they really play that up a lot. And that does exist in this movie, but they kind of even it out in a lot of ways. And yeah, the this is an interesting remake. I was trying, I mean, I don't even know. It, it is a remake, but they do so many things differently and they actually kind of address a lot of issues with Fist of Fury and kind of smooth it out. In some ways, it's right. better than Fist of Fury, but mm -hmm. they they stand on their own. It's it's really interesting to me. I, I like the choices that they made for this movie. I mean, Bruce Lee is like this shining star, right? So, like, you can right. talk to anybody that's kind of remotely interested in kung fu movies and say, like, hey, like, it would be hard to decide... I guess you'd have to know the person you were talking to a little more because you could show them both movies and they would be impressed. But mm. it's hard to articulate this. I guess it's like Bruce Lee's star power gives the movie a lot, whereas Fist of Legend kind of is so good in so many different ways that I, I would personally show them 
Fist of Legend over Fist of Fury. I would too, because I think Fist of Legend's definitely just a better movie as a movie, because it has a much more coherent plot and like there's more conflicts and lots of you know interesting characters among everything. Right. And Fist of Fury has some really cool fight scenes. And, you know, it's it's hard to be seeing, you know, Bruce Lee in his prime. Right. But Fist of Legend's a better movie as a movie. Yeah, and Fist of Legend happens to have Jet Li as a star, but uh, is really impeccably shot and mm-hmm. very well mm-hmm. acted. And the choreography is really outstanding. And um, you, you could almost say this about all of the Bruce Lee films. And this is totally said with love and respect, but they really <laughs> hang on Bruce Lee. I mean, not it's, mm-hmm. it's okay. not quite as far as maybe the Elvis films. I'm trying to think of like a Hollywood equivalent. <laughs> sure. um, you know, uh, maybe not really some Schwarzenegger movies. Anyways, maybe there is no, mm-hmm. there is no equivalent. There's, there's only one Bruce Lee. Um, That's true. That's true. But yeah, there's really a, uh, to almost 360 degrees to kind of the way that fist of fist of legend works. And, um, I really think, uh, Gordon Chan, the director is kind of an unsung filmmaker. I'm just rewatching the movie again this week. I'm just so impressed with yeah, the, the entire production and, you know, uh, and also Derek Wan, the cinematographer, there's just so many beautiful, uh, you know, like pause it and hang it on your wall, like frames, of this of this <laughs> film and yeah um, for sure there's a lot of shots that are kind of that kind of remind me of fighting games too where it's like two like, characters on yeah, each side sort of, of two-dimensional yeah. or there's sort of like a foreground plane that's really clear um yeah this is also probably one of the best productions of the 90s in terms of like a really kind of grounded you know kung fu choreography uh, you know I, yeah. I remember when we were watching yes madam i think i was calling out how you know there were some sequences where they clearly hadn't like planned uh to have this shot in slow motion or that shot in slow motion and everything is really uh impeccably planned and executed and the sort of geography of of all the choreography is so so clear this supposedly is the movie that the wachowskis saw that that really motivated them to uh contact yun Ping for for the matrix, for the matrix. but um and i i i believe it like you can there's even some just little things that like yeah. um and there's two points in the movie where uh the two people are uh, you know standing face to face and um who have their hands out and they do like the 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 come forth thing with like their fingers. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, like the come at me. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah, really a Bruce Lee nod. Um, yeah. But it's just seeing that specifically in <laughs> yeah. this movie that the Wachowskis would have seen with it. I don't know. That just made me, mm-hmm. that was the first thing I thought of when I saw that. So, yeah. Uh, with the last two movies that we were talking about and anyone that's been kind of uh, playing along at home and watching these films probably noticed a really huge uh, kind of tonal shift. You know, this is a, a much more sort of grounded mm-hmm. um, kind of real world sort of tone. And it's interesting between 1991 and 1994, uh, you know, the influence of Once Upon a Time in China had been so strong. There were so many films that were following in that kind of uh, Choi Hark mold, which is really exciting. And you had a lot of um, you know, crazy kind of otherworldly choreography, lots of wires, lots of crazy camera angles and 
you know, a whole new kind of production value. And it's interesting. There are two really big films, uh, I guess, in my opinion, 1994, that kind of tried to almost push against that. And that would be uh, Drunken Master 2, you know, Jackie mm-hmm. Chan's film. And this film, Fist of Legend, uh, not, you know, there is actually a little bit of wire work in both of those movies, but um, done much more subtly. And there's a clear attempt at trying to bring some kind of grounded kind of real world mm. Kung Fu to the screen. And boy, both, I mean, both of those films, uh, but particularly today's <laughs> movie, it really, really holds up. And especially if you can get your hands on the uh, Dragon Dynasty Blu-ray, uh, it mm-hmm. really looks amazing. Yeah, it almost yeah. seems like, you know, all the spools of wire that they had been using in all these movies was running low, so they had to really tighten up <laughs> those strings. So yeah, yeah. the wire work in this movie is so efficient. Uh, mm-hmm. You only They only use it when they absolutely need to, and it's mm-hmm. really, really effective in uh, these tight... Uh, I mean, mostly every fight is indoors in this movie, or, you know, uh, even if they're outdoors... There will be a couple moments where people are flying around, but it's very, you you notice it that much more because everything else is so tight. Yeah, it's definitely very, a lot more subtle. Yeah. So let's jump into the movie itself. It's, uh, this is another, uh, this is a setting that I feel like we don't see as, or at least so far we haven't seen as much in yeah. these movies, which I, I love this, this era in the, in the few Hong Kong movies that I've seen so far. It's like the... What is it? it's like the mid nineteen tens, right? It's like, yeah, it's like the late nineteen um, teens, or it's it's supposed to be like during the First World War, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the idea is that it's while um, it, Japan is kind of in the process of occupying China, uh, pretty much in its entirety, and and Shenzhen is a student. He's a Chinese student, but he's studying in Japan, and. Of course, the very first thing, like literally the first thing that happens in the movie is a bunch of Japanese students come in and say, hey, you're Chinese, you need to get out. What's going on here? Chinamen, get out! Japan is only for the Japanese. And then he proceeds to just kick everyone's butt and it's amazing <laughs> yeah and, and like he, in particular too he's sort of dislocating as like, bad say, all he the pops so many yeah. joints out of sockets in this fight it's yeah. crazy right. there's a lot of wincing you especially yeah, yeah whenever you see an arm or a leg bend the way it shouldn't bend <laughs> yeah that's some serious stuff happening and it's cool because the whole time he's just super chill about it <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like all right you're gonna come at me this is what you get i, yeah. I especially like him dislodging the guy's jaw <laughs> when he comes at him and yeah. his, his jaws kind of just hanging around the other thing yeah. that i wanted to talk about too is that in the class you can see that he's got a relationship with a young woman and um you find out that oh, her yeah. name is mitsuko and she's played by uh an actress named uh shinobu nakayama and i actually was familiar with her from uh, a series of Japanese kaiju movies uh, mm-hmm. called Gamera. Gamera, That's so cool. Yeah, Gamera's like kind of like Godzilla, but he's a big turtle. And yeah. he's kind of, <laughs> I, I think a lot of his older movies are kind of like people kind of mock them. Yeah. Let's go, Gamera. 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 
But in the 90s, there was this trilogy of Gamera like movies. Reboot, kinda. Yeah, in a way. And they're really and she well She was done. in a couple of them, it looks like, right? Yeah, she's in the first one and the third one, I believe. And, um... Yeah, that's... I immediately... Rec- well, back in the day, these were, like, around the same time. So it was kind of surprising for me to see uh, this Japanese woman in the... In, you know, like, a Hong Kong production like this. And, I mean, even in uh, Fist of Fury, you know, it's a lot of, like, Chinese were playing Japanese. And then in this movie, that happens as well. But you do get a couple of, like, pretty well-known Japanese actors from this era and from action cinema uh, in Fist of Legend. Yeah, absolutely. The um, the sort of older sensei that Matthew mentioned, that's uh, Yasuaki Kurata, and he was... Uh, he's kind of a legend in his own right. And there's an interesting kind of connection. Um, He was uh, in a film uh, called Legend of a Fighter, uh, directed by Yuan Wuping, that actually depicts uh, Chen Zhen's master, who we'll end up talking more about. Um, And so it's kind of uh, just something fitting about him, you know, returning to the story in in a way. Uh, I love this opening sequence compared to some of the other films that we've watched and maybe what you might expect with Hong Kong storytelling of this period. Uh, there's really so much packed into this opening sequence that uh, is really meaningful for the film. Um, I love that they sort of get to have it both ways. They get to kind of, uh, I think give the Chinese audience a little bit of a, like a rah, rah, we hate the Japanese. Let's beat them up. Um, <laughs> but like you guys said, they do also, uh, depict it, I think very even handedly. And they show a lot of the Japanese prejudice by the Chinese characters, um, you know, as a real, as a real negative thing. Um, but so I like that. I like that also, um, Jet Li's character is really only fighting because, uh, he's coming to someone's defense. Here he's coming to Mitsuko's uh, defense. And it's also establishing their relationship, which will end up, uh, you know, meaning something later in the film, uh, as well as the relationship with, uh, you know, her, her uncle. And, you know, it's, I, I guess I would say that's really above and beyond of a lot of Hong Kong storytelling. Um <laughs> Yeah, like I think the seeds are really well planted, and every scene has really a lot of uh, intention and and purpose. And um, you know, from here on out, it's just a very tightly plotted movie. The character that Yasuaki Karada plays is named uh, Fumio, and Fumio he comes in and breaks it up, and he says, "Oh wow, you know, you're you're really impressive. Who'd you train under?" And he finds out that his that the person that Shenzhen trained under just recently died, and he shares that knowledge with him. Um, and <laughs> that's right, that's right. While before he he gets into that, whenever the like he's looking at all of his his students that went to try to beat up Shenzhen, <laughs> and he's like popping all of their legs back yeah. into place, and mm-hmm. like he. He says something like he really nice. The... He's like, "Oh, it's luckily it it's fortunate that you weren't seriously injured." Um, <laughs> almost showing that there was some kind of wisdom in what Chen Zhen was doing. Like, he was just taking yeah, him out yeah. of commission or something. Although it looked it looked really painful, so I don't know. Uh, also, it turns out that Fumio is Mitsuko's uncle, and that that, that kind of 
that kind of comes into play later in the movie. Um, but uh, Chen Zhen says that he's going to go back to China, to back to Shanghai, to kind of like pay his respects. And, and also he has kind of a an underlying fear that there might be more to it than just he got in a fight with another master and, and died. Right. Uh, and the scene whenever he's uh, getting onto the boat, that's a really cool scene because like he's having this whole conversation with Mitsuko and and it kind of ends with uh, her asking him like, do you hate the Japanese? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it's a really cool, like very self-reflective kind of line that I really appreciate. It's really interesting. I think, because I think in the dub, he's, they make him I say I was going to no. say that in the dub, he yeah. actually, there's a couple of kind of random things in the dub that they changed. But in the dub, or the Miramax dub specifically, um, he just says, I don't hate or something like that, which obviously has a very different connotation. Right. Uh, I definitely I definitely like the uh, the sub there. The dub was pretty good, though. I, yeah, I thought it say. was good. It, yeah. It, yeah, it's pretty well done. Sounds you know, like a lot of like anime voice actors are involved mm-hmm. with it. Definitely. And also, uh, it was an entirely new uh, score. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Right. And actually... I, I like it. I thought I, it was, I really like the American good. score. Yeah. Um yep. nothing against I mean uh uh Joseph Ku who did the original score uh you know he's he's great um but I think that might be an element that could potentially date the movie if you're watching the uh you know the Cantonese the Cantonese mm-hmm. version. But yeah, I, I overall I think really nice score and really nice uh new sort of sound mix and sound effects uh I would sort of dream of like a version where they could use that, but incorporate the original Cantonese yeah, for uh, sure. voice yeah, stems. Like yeah. That would be An great. An ultimate but. version that had like, yeah, sound mixing from both. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. So he gets back to, to China and uh, he returns to his school, which is called Jingwu. Yeah. And uh, whenever he first walks in, he sees his, the, the son of his master, is it Tingen? Yeah, like yeah. Tingen. 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 Yeah, because yeah. it kind of has like a, a, a apostrophe. Uh, yeah, and it. he's like of the Huo um, family, so he's like uh, yeah. he's uh, sort of duly in line for mastering the mm. school. But that's the very first thing that Chenzin sees is them getting this fight, and he uh, he just wrecks the guy. Uh, that's a terrific fight. I mean, every yeah, fight in great. this movie is is pretty outstanding but mm-hmm. yeah uh jin su ho is the actor here who is is phenomenal and uh in 1993 mm-hmm. just the year before uh he and jet lee had a similar kind of dynamic in the movie uh the tai chi master mm-hmm. um really really good film and there they're sort of uh, estranged brothers um and chin su ho actually is a little bit more of just an outright outright villain but they're yeah they just have an incredible incredible chemistry and he's yeah he's an amazing uh screen fighter uh particularly Mm -hmm. in this in this fight here um you know it's that like sort of show don't tell there's no sort of like leading the witness of like oh you know he's the most powerful fighter like you you believe it you know yeah he has a really good presence for he him not being as you know as not like you don't see him fight as much as he's some other people but every time he does you know you kind of you pay attention. It's kind of funny because the fight starts with this crazy undercranking that's like almost comical at how like really fast it moves. 
But then you get lots of nice, like, slow-mo shots of people getting kicked and stuff. Nah, yeah, I'm good. guessing this was all, like, the movie was probably mostly done in sequence. And they were probably kind of finding the tone as they as they went along, you know? Because, mm. um, yeah, I noticed that, too, re- re-watching it. Because it's definitely not your memory of the movie is being super undercranked. I mean, it's there, but for the most part, I think it's handled with, with a lot of taste and um, mm-hmm. the speed feels the speed feels pretty pretty good but yeah it's interesting watching this scene and it's another of the classic you know so many uh fights in this movie um like we're saying like they're just staged in like a really beautiful sort of symmetrical way like you'll see the sort of like circular alcove of the the doorway in the background and almost kind of like two-dimensional plane in the foreground of almost like a street fighter (laughs) setup of the of the Mm -hmm. fighters as they pose uh really great i wasn't really i mean i i didn't complain about it but i didn't really understand why um they were fighting until i watched the movie with the uh bay logan's commentary and he was saying how uh in this sequence it's that huo yanja had just passed away and then what happens is there would be a rival master that would show up thinking that oh since the master has died now that the martial arts school would be in crisis and they'd be able to maybe take over or, you know, get rid of the school. So what the guy does is he comes and he uh, basically challenges uh, Ting An just to see if, you know, the school will continue or or the, it will fade away. So that's the reasoning behind this fight. I do like that we, uh, we enter in like right in the middle of this argument. Um, there's something exciting, exciting about that. But yeah, that was that was kind of confusing to me. Uh, I remember when first watching the movie too. Mm-hmm. After the fight, he goes to like the table has the incense and the picture of his old master, and he, um, I love he goes up to. Uh, there's a sign on the wall that says acceptance yeah. or maybe tolerant, mm-hmm. and he grabs the sign. And like gets on his knees and punches the sign that says tolerance on it, which I just thought was really funny. Yeah. It's like nice and subtle. And I love that uh, the people around him try to sort of like explain away or they kind of try to justify what he's done. No, no, no. He He's right because uh, <laughs> we shouldn't be accepting like the Japanese occupation. Um, yeah, yeah. And just that I feel like it's typical for Chen Zen's dynamic here where uh, – he doesn't really kind of argue his case usually, um, but he has plenty of support um, and usually a pretty loyal following around him that <laughs> kind of sees the the wisdom in what he's doing. Yeah, he's very charismatic, even though he doesn't seem to um, exude a lot of character. Everybody around the school really looks up to him and that uh, comes into play a bit later between him and Ting An. And so after this scene... He basically, this is 15 minutes into the movie, and he just makes his way to the school where the (laughs) The uh, Japanese master, the Japanese school whose master killed his master. And he comes in, he says basically like, hey, like I'm, I'm here to fight, you know, to challenge your master. And then he just fights this whole room of people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, oh man. It's like, that is another thing with uh, not to keep bringing up Fist of Fury, but 
Fist of Fury definitely, it, the first fight, the first real fight doesn't really happen until a good 20, 30 minutes into the movie. This one has like three in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, they really. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they sell you right away. Uh, mm. There's plenty of action. I really love just the contrast. And, you know, he's got like this Japanese like school uniform on. And mm-hmm. um, with the shoes everyone, and the yeah, socks. yeah, with the shoes on, that's definitely really cool. It looks really cool, and uh, everyone he's fighting against in the scene has their like big karate outfits with the big baggy pants and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, they're in this like beautiful like wood dojo, so mm-hmm. um, everything just looks so great. And not only that, but just like the camera movement during this fight is like almost perfect. It'll mm-hmm. like slide back and forth yeah, when it needs totally. to, and the slow mo shots are just for like the big huge kicks, and it's it's all really good. And the other thing I really like about um, the fights in this movie is that Chen Zhen as a character, um, you know, he's he's like a martial arts scholar. The thing that I really like is he knows like the spacing and everything he needs to do. And that was one of the things that I was thinking about when it comes to like you know me liking fighting games and stuff like that. Is there's a term that they use. Uh, it's called footsies so it's like knowing the space between you and your opponent and um knowing like what attacks would be most effective at uh certain ranges and that comes into play in this sequence too because uh uh akuragawa shows up and um so chenzen wants to fight him just to it it it's like he's obviously looking for revenge but he also it's almost like he's investigating the situation because mm-hmm. he wants right. to know who this person is that defeated his master like who could have killed him with his bare hands so um after he wrecks all these dudes then akutagawa <laughs> shows up and they have a beautiful standoff like just yeah just these like gently looking down at akutagawa's feet at the you know beginning of this encounter and just like how the fighting just explodes and um chenzen's fighting style is great too because he does a lot of like counter attacks like you'll see in the movie like he'll get tossed or you know he'll see a guy jumping at him with a jump kick and instead of like dodging or instead of like hitting him like you would expect he'll do like a you know like a back kick to the guy in midair before he even gets to kick him it just looks really cool and yeah. um and he incorporates like western boxing yeah, like throughout yeah. the movie and which is i think a nod to to bruce lee and bruce lee was really interested in, you know, fighters like Muhammad Ali and um, in ways to incorporate. I mean, a, as we all know, his philosophy was really trying to pull sort of the best of the best into his own into his own style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you definitely yeah, get a sense like a of that with MMA in some ways. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I know something. I think uh, you were saying earlier, Carlos, and I think it like relates to the footsies kind of stuff. Is it's like uh Chen Zen really uses his space in kind of surprising ways and a lot of times um just by how close he gets to his opponent he takes them off guard like without without any sort of attack at all um right. again throughout throughout the movie um but yet it's also uh it's also somehow fresh in each fight it, you don't really get the sense that he's repeating um repeating himself a lot which mm. is yeah i don't know kind of amazing it's definitely a testament to you whooping's choreography yeah yeah sure. oh, and we, we should also call out the uh yeah his his brothers are 
are by his side in this one. Uh, Yuan Chunyan, yeah. who also is a star in the movie, is the police chief, and then uh, Yuan Chunyi is also involved, and mm-hmm. a couple of other uh, assistants. That's one uh, another really cool bit at the very before he gets into this fight with Akutagawa. He whenever he fought off all the students, he had his shoes on. But whenever he went to challenge him one on one, you see him take his shoes off and like place them down. Yeah, and they, they have uh, respect then, for each other. These two yeah. fighters, which is really apparent, and I don't know, really, really cool. Yeah, yeah and, and I, then I, whenever I, the fight's over, and he's like, you know, you like if if my master was healthy, then he could have beaten you easy. And we see. Uh, Chen Zen tying his shoes before he leaves the dojo. Yeah, it's really pretty cool. stylish. That's pretty, yeah, very stylish. Because yeah, when they open the fight, this they basically make it out to be like a you know one of us will die sort of situation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know. I there's kind of this sense that uh, Chen Zen's almost showing mercy by like he's demonstrated that he's the better fighter, but he's not going to uh, take it so far as to as to murder him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that uh, Akutagawa is played by Jackson Lu, and I recognized him actually from one of the police story. It, it's First Strike. Uh, he plays oh, like yeah, a spy yeah. guy. He's like wearing glasses and stuff. It's because like when I was watching it for the show, you know, I'm trying to make all these connections because we're doing this show, <laughs> and I'm like, his face looks so familiar to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, he's like this kind of spy, kind of espionage character in First Strike. Oh, man. Good Paul. Yeah. Okay. It's in there somewhere. I just got to dig it out, right? <laughs> I have a feeling I have a feeling police story is definitely going to be, uh, might oh, be an that, arc in and of itself. That, that would be great. Future. So yeah, at the end of this sequence, uh, like you said, Marty, we see the inspector, and there's a bit of a commotion in front of the, uh, the Japanese, like, dojo, and the military's there, and you get to see a couple of other characters that become pretty prominent. Um, one of them's like, uh, seems like a, a liaison kind of guy, but then we've also got, uh, the general who is, uh, uh, this yeah, huge Bi- commanding dude. He's amazing. Billy Chow or Chow Bele. And, um, yeah, this is a case of, you know, not using a Japanese actor for a, a Japanese character, but, um, yeah, he is pretty notorious as kind of the final bad guy in a lot of, a lot of movies of, like he has a very villainous kind of face so mm-hmm. and for a chinese actor he's you know considered to be really really big just like physically yeah dude super um, tall mm-hmm. uh but chinzen says to the inspector guy hey can you tell like meet me at the meet me at oh yeah hyo right Huo. it's the Huo. okay because they only say it a couple of times and and then they, well it's the, also the style the, of the um, the fighting style they use, like the Huo fist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's their But masters. they go to the Huo's, the, the master's grave, and he says, hey, meet me here. And they go, oh, well, they haven't even sealed the grave yet. And he says, even better. And the next shot is them just exhuming the uh, coffin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, this is getting serious. Yeah. So, like, in Fist of Fury, you get kind of like a scene where they're, it's like a a, a burial scene. It's in the rain. Yeah. So you don't really get that in this movie, but you kind of get the opposite where they're taking the dead body out of the grave. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting it in. <laughs> and he's brought this Western doctor with him. Um, and actually in the dub, they do a great job of like syncing up his voice. Uh, I was impressed, impressed with that. Yeah, not but only he, with yeah, that. he has a really interesting uh, medical test for poison. We'll get to that. But. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but not only that, with the dub, they also do a thing where they actually try to match dialogue with, like, other people's mouth movements. So I noticed a couple of times where it's, like, a Japanese person speaking and, like, maybe in Japanese, he says, like, kisama, which is, like, damn you, but it'll say come on but the way the guy's mouth moves is matched up pretty well so it looks good and that was an interesting too watching because i watched the dub and then kind of scrubbed through the sub and the dub is obviously the whole thing is dubbed but in the sub then whenever it's japanese people then they're all speaking japanese Mm -hmm. and and then whenever it's the you know japanese people are all playing speaking cantonese Mm -hmm. which is just that's a i don't know that's a cool thing because it's one of those uh, one of those bits where you don't realize how much you can tell the difference between how different languages sound until you hear them right next to each other. And like, oh yeah, yeah, that guy's very clearly speaking Japanese. That guy's very clearly speaking Cantonese. Oh man, so, I had forgotten that they have Japanese in the original dub. For some reason, I thought it mm-hmm. was all Cantonese. You can yeah, see, what? like, um, yeah, when I was watching it, you can see. Oh, I know that person speaking Japanese, but yeah, some they'll dub it in Cantonese. But the other thing is that I think about, it's like kind of similar to Wheels on Meals where you've got this cast of people that are speaking all these different languages, but they're all acting together. And it's (laughs) pretty commendable. Like how can you, you you have to bridge that language barrier. Not only do you have to just do that, but you have to act and make it all work together. That's gotta be tough. Yeah. Especially with uh, Shinobu Nakayama, she's her, you know, her scenes with Jet Li. I mean, there's, a really palpable chemistry between them. And yes, mm-hmm. I imagine they might not have been able to communicate at all. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. all the behind the scenes stories, but I gotta say, I don't know. I could totally see uh, at least one of them possibly speaking the other language, but I don't know. So, but at this, when they, they dig out the body and they're all, of course they open up the coffin and they're all, you know, grossed out. And the, the doctor, what is he grab he gets it's he the, grabs some the kid, part of the the kidney i think the kidney that's right no, no, but no, actually no, chen, liver. oh the liver yeah liver. but, but yeah, chen zen has to do it because he's kind of squeamish he says something that he's a uh i forget but he's he says he's like he he's says, not a surgeon damn it jim i'm a doctor not a pathologist, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a pathologist. <laughs> i'm a doctor not a pathologist and so then chen zen with like kung fu like precision uh takes the yeah. scalpel and um yeah, removes the liver, and then this Western doctor puts it in this vial, and it just cha- drops into it changes purple. color, and <laughs> I guess it's just the right color. He's able to immediately say like what the poison. <laughs> yeah. Oh the yeah, poison yeah. Is. poison one hundred percent. Not only is it poison, but yeah, like Marty yeah, said, the exact it's thoracide. Like oh really? Wow. <laughs> like oh well, good good to know. You don't have to glad, take it to a lab or anything. <laughs> nah nah it's thoracide. He got it. Right. And <laughs> got this is, one. And this is probably also the first scene where um I would say uh Ting An and uh the uh Paul Chun's character the uncle uh the uncle um, Uncle Wo right. Mm. Yeah yeah or I think like so. That. I think so the uncle character Uncle can, Wu sorry Uncle Wu okay I think. Yeah, they're starting to. There's something a little bit awkward in their relationship with Chen Zen. Mm-hmm. They don't really approve of this method here, and mm-hmm. that's that's something that that kind of escalates throughout the movie. And I think it's it's actually kind of a subtle dynamic for a kung fu film. Really, I mean, on the surface, this is. Uh, I know Matthew like 
I think I remember us joking like a few films back that, oh, this isn't like a my school is better than your school kind of movie. That really is what Fist of Legend is. It's like at its core, it is like a Kung Fu story of like going back yeah. and forth between schools mm-hmm. and which school is better and you killed my master mm-hmm. sort of a thing. Um, it's just a really well done version. Yeah, exactly. They story. sort of mine it for like all this emotional material. And I think it's uh, a thing I lightly like about it is that it is a it's not it's definitely a school versus school but it's not as much a my kung fu is better than your kung fu because they don't talk as much about styles as much as they do about masters and how like Jet Li will see uh, uh chin zin is very evenly mashed with the the, the kind of final boss of the movie mm, right and you know they like they all have like respect for each other and stuff and i don't know, it's really cool yeah it's more dynamic. about more about honor than like some um, yeah, s- yeah. Secret eagle fist, like yeah. being more powerful or something. <laughs> yeah, but then the next scene they go back to the school, and this is uh, this is definitely the bit where you see that the the kind of the kind of establishment at Jingwa aren't or Jingwu rather aren't aren't too happy with Chinzen coming in because he's kind of he's kind of the new hotness and they're the <laughs> right. they're the old guard. Well, and he is a little socially oblivious. Um, yeah to i think both just how like uh how magnetic he is to to all of the young students and definitely how he would seem to ting on's character i really love how Ch- uh Ch- chin Ho plays ting on because i think it's very fair um he clearly loves chen zen um and it's not as though he begins immediately resentful or anything um right it's just it's just ultimately it's taken sort of like one step too far for him yeah so you see him ting on's training his students but um chen zen is also there and he's kind of doing his whole thing but he's got like you know knowledge this worldly world knowledge that you know he's not just stuck with the same style that he's been training with all his life like the rest of these guys and they're all really impressed and he's doing a bunch of really pretty much show-offy stuff like he's doing like single-handed push-ups and um, oh yeah and the single-handed pull-up too (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's my morning workout that's what i that's what i do i'm pretty sure he's i don't know the way that he moves it kind of looks like that's a that's a string it's got to be wires but it it looks great however they however they pulled it off um yeah looks yeah it's it's awesome yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he is like you're saying he's totally oblivious that all the people are like oh yeah i know chinzen's who you want to follow around uh, next, we get a um, it cuts over to uh, Billy Chow's character, General Fujita, and uh, Akutagawa comes in and kind of you know kind of talks about the you know the situation and Shinzen coming back and and all that. And, and yeah, uh, it's another depiction of like a really uh, morally strong Japanese character because mm-hmm. he's complaining about the uh, the poisoning and he really wants everything to be kind of above. Uh, the bar or whatever they they uh akutagawa and fujita get in a big argument with each other and it ends with uh fujita picking him up and breaking his back over his knee it's rough yeah it's pretty hardcore <laughs> and he says that like he doesn't have the samurai spirit in him or something like uh, that yeah that is a He's brutal like, line He's, yeah he says something about like indicating that the samurai spirit is sort of like destruction at all costs or it's something it's something yeah. really savage like that. Let me tell you about samurai spirit. It has nothing to do with honor, but survival. 
and the total domination of our enemies. And this is like, like on the video gamey side, this is definitely mm-hmm. like a taste of his fatality, his finishing move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's important because he he will attempt to use that at the end Maybe of the Later film. on in the movie. Yeah. There's a cool shot not too long after this where uh, you see Chinzen going out and getting ready for like a, a morning jog. And um, the the rickshaw guy from earlier, what, what would you call? Usually you just think of a rickshaw as the whole thing. What's the name of Is it a driver, I guess? Yeah, yeah it, I, I would I, say that. You'd normally say driver, but it really, yeah. doesn't this make you appreciate like the invention of the automobile or like... <laughs> Sure. Just like mechanizing <laughs> these roles, so like a person doesn't have to like walk you all over town while you sit. I don't know. Uh, I was getting I some uh, putting all the putting all those rickshaw drivers at work. So I think it's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting some Rocky vibes out of this. You know, you you kind of yeah. get this oh, kind yeah. of hometown yeah, hero. Like a Rocky too. Yeah, like, like all oh, the people look, joining it's, him. It's Chen Let's 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 join him. The other thing I like too is you see on his legs that he's got weights wrapped around his calves. Like just to right. intensify his run, I thought that's pretty awesome. But um, what? Yeah, yeah. What while ha- he's away. Yeah. What happens after that is, um, Akutagawa, it you know has has died, and his corpse gets dropped off right in front of the Japanese dojo, and it's basically got um, you know, a sign written on it, like as if Chenzen killed him. So now, uh, the Japanese school they're armed and ready to retaliate yeah so all of these um all a bunch of the japanese students from the school all show up at uh, jingwu and say you know we're gonna like you killed our master we're gonna avenge it you know standard kung fu stuff mm-hmm. and that's whenever we get uh they're asking for chin zen and of course um tingen's like you know he's he's not here and that's what starts this huge fight with like dozens of people all fighting at once. The two schools kind of uh, getting at each other. There's some great weapon work because all of the Japanese students have uh, katanas and the, the Chinese all have different like. Yeah. And Chin Ho uses this uh, bamboo staff and uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, this is an, yeah, an amazing sequence. Oh yeah. It's great. I really like the group shots too, where it's like mm-hmm. opposing forces facing off. And um, Tin An just tearing dudes up with that staff. I mm-hmm. yeah, he does a, he does a total journey to the west kind of uh, yeah, it's really good. thing with the flipping around and the slamming on the ground. I don't, I love I always I always love seeing people fighting around with like the 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 staff, mm-hmm. the bow. It's good stuff. Yeah, like a sword sharp, right? But getting hit with a blunt object like that, you know that hurts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, that's it's the it's the kind of pain that you can like you can identify with that because everyone's been hit by something. Most, not a lot of people have been, you know, slashed by a sword. Well, right? yeah. And that's like early on too, you know, seeing Chen Zen, like breaking all these dudes, legs and arms, like that's way more painful than if you would see somebody get like, you know, mm-hmm. their head chopped off or something. Cause like, it's like a, it's like within your range. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> hopefully, yeah, right. hopefully it's, with, you know, yeah, yeah. hopefully you're well, not it, as familiar with the other stuff. <laughs> and the nice thing about the staff too is it's um you know it's like when it makes an impact it's like rather than it being uh, kind of like closing your opponent in like wounded like you send them flying you know and mm-hmm. uh there's so many great moments in a lot of these group fights where um uh you know you send someone flying and then he's crashing into two guys and like then that 
you know, it's just like there's a great sort of like sequential momentum to so much of the choreography here. Yeah, yeah. So the inspector shows up and kind of puts a halt to the fight. And That's right. He, he shoots his gun his in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's like kind of comedic because some stuff falls down. Like, it's, yeah, it's, like some, it's funny. Yeah. Um, so uh, brother Yun Chung Yan plays this police inspector here and an Iron Monkey, Yun Chun Yi, plays, uh, and that's more oh. of a, an older period, but uh, <laughs> he plays like a police inspector there. Um, yeah, all the Simon Yuan's kids are, yeah, really outstanding actors, even if they don't always get, you know, big, big opportunities. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, really love him in this role. So Chen Zen shows up you know, after all of this is starting to cool down and um, everybody sees him and everybody gets all riled up. But the inspector says, oh, we're going to arrest you now. And they're like, wait, what? Why? What did I do? He's like, I'm just going to keep you for questioning. So um, then he's taken away and um, they kind of have like a trial. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I forgot about the trial. Oh, the trial is great. It's crazy. You (laughs) get some... It's it's a very biased court. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chen Yang. Court. It's almost like he thought that by arresting Chen Zhen, it was like he's able to kind of protect him. But when the trial starts, he then reveals like, "Oh, I'm actually taken off the case. Like this judge is so difficult." And it's an interesting setting. I don't know if this is historically accurate, but there's this like Caucasian judge, and then mm-hmm. there's like a Japanese interpreter right next to him but it does seem like the japanese man is sort of calling the shots did did you guys see it that way yeah for sure he's just kind of parroting whatever the uh the assistant next to him is saying yeah yeah but it's also an interesting i kind of figured it's a you know it's a british i just figured you know it's a british guy you know it's just i imagine most of the judges in hong kong at the time probably would have been british so right. it's although we're supposed to, to be i believe out. we're supposed to be in shanghai in this movie right mm-hmm mm-hmm Oh yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't but know. Yeah, I, need to, anyways, I need to brush up on my uh What's my, uh, what's kinda cool about this sequence though Sarah. is it's it's uh I think you're expecting the like, oh, this is um the case is stacked against you. How how are we like how are we gonna overcome this? But the case isn't going well. Like the judge he smells that it's fishy, like from the from the beginning. Um but then the final nail in the coffin, um, because all of the Japanese students have conspired to basically lie, saying that they saw Chen Zhen, um, you know, kill their kill their master. But then finally, there's this um, kind of alibi witness that comes <laughs> that comes in, and it's this great kind of movie moment, you know, with like the doors uh, flinging open, and it's uh, Mitsuko uh, who's back from or has traveled in from Japan. But it's interesting. It's like uh, it's not like she is like a character witness. She invents a story uh, and yeah. invents an alibi for Chen Zen. Um, but it, it's not, yeah, it's not um, like, I guess the most innocent alibi. Um, she's basically saying that like, oh, you know, that they were in like a hotel like, yeah, together. Like, we spent the night together in the bed and you're like, oh, well maybe he left when you were sleeping. It's like, <laughs> we weren't sleeping. It's like, oh. <laughs> and it's funny, like all the Jingwu students I mean, maybe this played really well to like Hong Kong and Chinese audiences, but they're they're like extremely naive about it. Like, oh, what does yeah. this mean? Like, they go, oh, <laughs> what, what, what what were you doing? Yeah, we definitely don't feel <laughs> yeah. like Wong Jing's touch. In no, this movie, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. In, in many ways, a much more innocent um, 
And I don't know, even though I would say like the female characters maybe don't get a whole lot of screen time in this film, I think Mm -hmm. by and large they're treated with um, a lot of respect and, there's yeah, sort Mitsuko of, is not just a damsel in distress. Like she's important to the to the plot. Mm-hmm. Though she's yeah, definitely absolutely. she's definitely like obsessed with Chinzen, and that's a little weird. But right. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Ting An is has been seeing this uh, prostitute at this brothel, and he's sort that's of that's right. That's her kind of a along. side plot. Um, but yeah, though I really kind of like how the movie um, kind of processes her her character is as well especially like in her scenes coming up uh with the uncle character mm-hmm. and i i love the the judge just ends up saying i find these proceedings ridiculous besides being a waste of my time case dismissed <laughs> and then just hits the gavel and just dismisses the whole case yeah he's basically he's, like tired of dealing with this situation he's yeah. like ah, get out of here yeah <laughs> the thing you have to love about these hong kong movies is it's like you know you're kind of wowed by the quality of all the performers and then the westerners <laughs> come on screen and yeah it's uh i mean not to knock you know everyone's everyone's great and i wish them well but uh we're kind of not used to seeing people like with such a, like a, you know, guy next door. <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of aura. And historically that's what they would do. I mean, it's like any kind of expatriates that were around that, you know, they could kind of hire on a pretty small salary. That's what they would do. And I don't know. That's always kind of a fun mm-hmm. element seeing these seeing these guys it's like something does not quite belong it's like when we were watching yes madam and you're supposed to believe like michelle yo is like oh i'm like dying to meet my like old friend and it's like oh thank you very much who's this dude (laughs) oh right right right. (laughs) yeah but no (laughs) yeah right right after this situation chen zeng comes back to jingwu with mitsuko and everybody even though you know she basically saved his butt they can't accept her staying at jingwu so they kind of because she's japanese yeah Yeah, it's like this very like you know there's no way around this so that comes to a boil and um ting an kind of addresses this tension between him and chen zen and who's gonna be the one to lead uh jingwu and actually chen zen isn't he he's kind of taken by surprise he doesn't you know he he doesn't seem to realize what's happening but he sees that ting an wants to challenge him so he obliges him and we get another amazing fight sequence yeah in many ways this is almost like the centerpiece fight to the movie it is it's Um, great even like i said again like how they establish the shot in the courtyard with them opposing each other just framed yeah basically like a fighting game where um one has one stance and uh you see chen zen with you know kind of his like fist up boxing kind of almost stance and um he's kind of going easy on uh ting an at first and ting an's going all out he's like flying all over the place mm-hmm. and you get some wire work here the other... you definitely this wire work yeah. here but just just to make these incredible flips and 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 like really hard hits and stuff yeah i love the way it's used in the scene the other thing i wanted to say was um i it there's like not much doubling in this movie either like you see them like 
there's a lot of shots where you just see that it's you know Chin uh, Suho and uh, Jet Li plainly in the frame for long sequences. This has another thing where um, Jet Li, you know, he does this thing where he's controlling the spacing, where you get to the point in the fight where right. he realizes, you know, like if he can stay within a certain range, he'll be able to neutralize everything that uh, Ting An uh, brings at him. Totally. And they, uh, the fight, there's a great bit, another good bit of wire work where he just jumps up and does this big jump kick and it sends him oh, flying yeah, back. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite. It's huge. Oh, man. Uh, you know, you could, a huge hit. It would be so fun making uh, trailers for Fist of Legend because there's, there's just no shortage of great shots. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that would almost be a pastime. You could make, yeah, like, for sure. You could probably make like 20 or 30 trailers. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah, like like you were saying, he does uh, Jet Li does some serious like boxing stuff. Like he's hop like kind of yeah. hopping around with yeah. just like just as using his fist. Um, while Tian's definitely doing a ton of ton of kicks, like he's all about the kicks. Yeah, and you get this dichotomy of you know old versus new, like tradition versus you know like uh, evolution. Where, um, yeah, because like yeah, Chen Zhen represents kind of this like international cosmopolitan person. Mm-hmm. Even in and how like he's dressed, earlier, you know, yeah. like you see exactly. that Ting An has the traditional like Chinese garments on, and um, Chen Zhen has like kind of like a business casual look going on. Yeah, he just has like a <laughs> yeah. normal like a white button down and and like khakis or something. Yep, khakis with the crease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the other and thing I like—that's—that's that is a difference. And and uh, if there was a similar scene in Fist of Fury, then Bruce Lee would have immediately taken his shirt off, <laughs> right? And his pants would be probably another foot higher, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, he, Chen Zhen also, waist. yeah, he does this thing where um, these these counterattack things, like so, it's like Chen Zhen gets hit or he gets tripped, but. You think he's going to fall, but in mid-recovery, he'll, like, just surprise you with a kick or a punch. And um, he does that in a couple pivotal moments in the movie. I really There's like that great moment that. where he he lands into his one-arm push-up in this yeah. fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yep. So he That's does end one. up uh, defeating Ting An, but he's kind of like, you know, I didn't want this. Like, if she can't be here, I have to leave. But it... it it's very yeah, for Ting on. It's like a lose lose. It's yep. um, because now it, he's lost so much face. It's he's been kind of shamed. And again, it's like Chen Zhen doesn't r- realize that. Not that your allegiance isn't with him. Like as the audience, um, you know, you're definitely behind Chen Zhen, and and he he isn't welcome, or at least he's not welcome like with Mitsuko. But yeah, I don't know. Whenever I rewatch this movie, I end up feeling like the most for Ting on actually. Yeah, it's kind of tragic. You know, he's like, it's this whole kind of star pupil thing. Like, who's going to be the successor to the throne? And, um, yeah, you you do. You kind of feel bad for him. But he kind of, he, I don't know. You know, they have this whole thing with him and his uh, mistress, you know. Like, actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about that, remember in Lord of the Wu-Tang, our Kung Fu cult master, they were talking about how your martial arts if you're pure, you'll be stronger. So you get a bit yeah, of that yeah, in right. here because, you know, like Ting An's kind of fooling around and, you know, Chen Zhen has always been pure. You can tell by yeah, how he so handles Chen's his very, relationship. He's very naive. So and, maybe uh, that's his of... secret strength is that, 
you know, he's a yeah. virgin. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's the secret strength. <laughs> oh, man. I'll bet, I'll bet that it's just that's just some kind of uh, Chinese uh, superstition. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I got sidetracked oh. from my point, but I like that one better. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so they hashtag uh, secret uh, strength. Yeah, Chinzen. <laughs> Honestly, and, that um, would be the best abstinence education. I don't know what, what <laughs> yeah, the people that are involved food. in that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't, so, know yeah, don't, don't, don't do scare that. kids with the STD talk. Get them into it. Says, hey, you want to be a kung fu master? Well, that's perfect. Got, got, got good news yeah, for just, you. Yeah, just bring <laughs> kung fu cult master into the class. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just imagining, I'm just bringing that up to the the school faculty, be like, oh yeah, this is totally like a you know a thing to teach kids about you know absence only education. But then you just watch Kung Fu Cult Master with them, <laughs> and like, well, I hope you learn something from this. <laughs> but so, uh, Chinzen and Mitsuko they try to like find a room in like a hotel or something, but they keep but they get kicked out because they're just you know they're not gonna accept a. A Japanese woman, which part of me was thinking, like, just dress up like a Chinese person, just so you can get in the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, good point. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna look that much into it. So, <laughs> but anyways, so uh, they end up making like a little shack and uh, live literally right next to the grave of Chinzen's master. Mm-hmm. And there's like you can see him like brushing off the dust from the grave, and I'm just kind of settling into their uh their new life away from society i guess and this is definitely kind of uh calling back to fist of fury because in fist of fury uh chen zen on the run he's kind of hiding yeah. out near uh Huo yanja's grave but this is different because uh there was no uh relationship like like in this movie so i like that you know it's like not a remake but it kind of calls back i it's you know this balance between the two. I thought it was pretty cool. And there's there's really great subtlety here. You know, it's not as though the school is depicted as as the villain suddenly, but as an audience, we're definitely critical of their prejudice. You know, towards the towards the Japanese here. And I don't know. I just throughout the movie, there actually is a great great deal of subtlety, and there's I think really good food for thought whichever character you're focusing on. I mean, maybe not Billy Child's character. He's probably the <laughs> the most kind yeah. of sort of black and white. Yeah, um, he's definitely not very, not very uh, repentant character. But you, but you might need that in this movie, you know? Yeah. An absolute zero. <laughs> right. Yeah. But we get a little more, a little more look into the um, kind of the plot um, underneath. Cause earlier in the movie, we didn't mention it, but the, the chef was saying that, if he was poisoned, oh, like man. I, you know, I don't know what's going on because he was, you know, if he was poisoned, like no yeah, his argument at the anything. time seemed good, which is it's like, well, if he was poisoned, wouldn't you all be poisoned? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, oh, yeah, it, it seemed good, and but uh, apparently you can selectively poison just one person, which yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure of. if I believe it. So. <laughs> what it is is that they're, uh, I mean, they reveal in the movie that the cook. Uh, did deliver poison to Huo Yanja, but it was through. Um, uh, He's like asthma treatment. Yeah, it's like ginkgo yeah. uh, bark from a ginkgo tree. Yeah, and um, it's kind of tragic as well because he didn't realize that it would kill him, and it was mm-hmm. kind of it kind of seems like he was motivated by money. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's a student right. uh, 
at Jingwu that kind of goaded him into it, using the money, and he's working for the Japanese. Yeah, he's so, sort of a double um, agent. Yeah, you see that the cook is troubled about it, and he addresses it with the the traitor, and the traitor ends up uh, strangling the cook and yeah. killing him. And and that as well, I I think is kind of a callback to Fist of Fury. Say, that's because, like a like callback from Fist of Fury because yeah, he he, he hangs strings him up. up the cook. Yeah, yeah, he strings up the cook, and um, the people find him and think that he committed suicide. And Fist of Fury, Bruce Lee hangs up like five people yeah. <laughs> over the course of the movie. Right. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like every time he wants to send a message while he's in hiding, he kills the person and then strings them up for everyone to see. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, he's definitely not as much of a uh, not as much of a relatable character as Jensen in, in Fist of Legend. Yeah, for sure. More cold. So the following scene after that, uh, what happens is the mistress of Ting An. She she shows up and she kind of she even though she's like a prostitute, they kind of have this relationship. It's like they definitely seem like they've got feelings for each other. And she's uh, so concerned with Ting An's uh, well-being. And it that seems she, like he's he's promised her like a better a better life. But yeah, um, and it's kind of he's, he's kind of caught uh, between a rock and a hard place because he knows that, you know, this is something that he shouldn't be doing. And if he were to address that with his school, it would be very bad for him. So they kind of keep this relationship a secret. But um, he's in and, such and a bad way. They almost way. play it where it's like that could have been maybe some of his motivation for not allowing Mitsuko like to stay at the school. Um, yeah, it could be. Yeah, they don't address it, but you can totally uh, argue for that. The other thing is that there's kind of these. Um, deleted scenes of another subplot where they show Tingan and he's like taking opium so he's got like this kind of drug addiction going on too so it sounds oh, like I mean it's maybe just that he's lost his way and that maybe that's yeah. affected his skills as a martial artist yeah. too so um this kind of is and like, i think some of it is that you know his his father died and he had to jump into becoming the master and you know without the time to like kind of properly process it yeah right. so she and now she he, comes now to he's the been school shamed and yeah she addresses the the issue with these guys and they kind of uh arrive at that's the, right they go back to the brothel and he's like in a drunken fight with a bunch of people yeah. and let me go no i'm gonna kill him i want to fight let me go you and he's then yeah the kind of the the uncle's really girl. kind of uh kind of impressive here um he's basically like trying to help ting on clean up his act um but on the drive over he had sort of a little um a little exchange um with what's what's her character's name i hate to just uh, keep calling rose her right prostitute yeah rose. No, rose is what it said on the um either like in, in the, the dub, dub or in the oh, okay yeah sub. i can't remember and so it's interesting. The uncle here is like, he's asking Ting on. It's like, okay, so you'll come back to the school. Um, but what about, what about Rose? And yeah, I don't know. This scene always kind of gets me. Cause you're just not expecting him. It's not like you don't like his character, but there's just a great amount of sympathy here. And he basically says like, okay, we're going to pay the madam of the brothel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to be free and she's going to come live mm-hmm. with us. Yep. 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 And then you see her like braiding her hair with the other women at Jingwu and 
Um, it's funny because they're saying like, aren't you going to miss your shiny dresses? Because she's just wearing a very plain dress now as compared to the more lavish one she had. I don't know. It's it's just a nice little it's a nice little moment. Yeah, for sure. But we still have to address uh, this other thing because the Japanese school has issued a challenge to uh, Jingwu. And right. Chenzen is no longer around. So there's kind of an issue here where they're right. That's why they're trying isn't... to track. That's why they're trying to track him down. At yeah. the brothel. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And uh, Ting An kind of this whole situation is kind of a wake up call. And he says, you know, I'll do it. So you kind of cut to him training with his students. But even still, like, he's not as good as he needs to be. So he's sparring with some of his students and he kind of gets hit. And he's like, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. But people are kind of like, uh, looking at each other, like, what's going to happen here? Right. You get, you cut to Chenzan with Mitsuko out in their little, like, shack. And Fumio arrives. And uh, the thing I wanted to mention, too, is that his name is Fumio Funakoshi. And uh, I believe that his name is intentional because Gichin Funakoshi is the founder of Shotokan Karate. And um, huh. uh, ah. th- that name has this weight to it. So, right. you know, even though they don't portray him as like this legendary. Well, he is like they say he's like the best martial artist in Japan mm-hmm. in the movie. Right. So uh, I'm I'm almost positive that's what they're going for with this. The other thing I like to mention is that he's got a great flat top. <laughs> He's got this he does. fuzzy he a great flat, flat top. top. And actually, Chen Zen also It's kind has... of like the... Yeah, it's like the evolution of Jet Li's flat top. Yeah. <laughs> so you see, like, these masters at different levels with their flat tops. So maybe it's like the bigger your flat top is, the more powerful you are. <laughs> and it's funny, it's funny, like, because, you know, in the 70s, like, kung fu comedy period, we have the much sort of, like, more, like, mop top, shaggier hair thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in the wire fu... We have like you know longer hair, and this didn't really catch on all that much. But I don't know. I I love what uh, Fist of Legend is going for here. With mm-hmm. the, yeah, this clean cut, tops. very like serious <laughs> haircut. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Fumio finds Chinzen at their little shack, and this is one bit that I love what they did in the dub versus what it says in the sub. Because oh. uh, Fumio is Mitsuko's uncle, and she's like kind of, kind of like catching up with her, kind of as he's going to, you know, kind of face off with Chinzen, and right. he says, "Oh, are are you two married?" And he, she says, "Oh, no, we're not. We're just together." And he said, "It's good you're not married. You're much too young to become a widow." Such an I awesome like, line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> do you remember what the what the line is in the subtitle? It's just like if he dies, you'll become a widow or something more not as not as uh, intense as that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Then we get another uh, great fight where kind of like they're kind of just discussing like fighting and like you know proper techniques and and stuff, and they're both kind of showing off their skills with Chinzen uh, punches a rock and Fumio like chops yeah. a, like a piece of paper in the air and it's like uh, it's in half on the ground where it awesome. flips down i love that <laughs> yeah this is this is probably my favorite part of the movie um, it is mine as well yeah this mm, this fight definitely is my, my favorite, favorite fight yep yeah they're uh, out in the field in front of the um marker for huo yanja you know facing off mm-hmm. against each other you've got the breeze like 
you know, passing through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the atmosphere. We get a little so bit of cool. comedy too with uh, Fumio after they have this whole discussion. Um, Chinzen keeps jumping in to do, you know, to fight, but then he's like, "Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute!" And then he, you know, sets his coat down on the ground. <laughs> yeah, and go, oh, wait a minute! I got to warm up first, and he starts doing yeah. like some some stretches. <laughs> um, and then whenever it finally starts, he does this intense jump kick where he just like swings towards him, and it goes like it keeps cutting between like undercranked and slow motion with these huge kicks and like smokes coming out of him yeah it's very cool he just explodes yeah into the air Mm -hmm. with these kicks and yeah you you see that you know obviously they're using wires for this sequence and um in that commentary bay logan says something like there are some shots where you kind of see a blur on the screen and yeah. what he says they did is it's they actually put like vaseline over the lens to kind of mask oh, cool. it so you don't see the the wires as uh clearly as you would otherwise that's old old school obfuscation and they, in this sequence they it's really ingenious how they do it because um they'll have the blur like uh right where this kind of clear blue sky is mm-hmm. and the camera angle is just such where the wires are sort of all in like the sky region. So yeah, it works really well and it reads really cleanly and it's like the smear doesn't get into the grass or anything. It's yeah. yeah I mean, you got to hand it to got to hand it to these filmmakers, even in kind of maybe a smaller production these days, there would still probably be some kind of access to like a digital, you know, wire removal or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many cool moments in this fight. Um, you know, I really like the uh, part where Fumio notices Chen's uh, kind of boxing stance. And he's like, what is that? And yeah. He's like, I'll just show you. And he's like, oh, okay. And I love him just coolly nodding. And then he immediately mimics his stance. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, that's one thing in the reverse. That's one thing I like in the sub that I watched is he says, you know, what style is that? And Chinzen says... Like, don't ask if it's a good, it's, if it works, it's a good one or something like that. <laughs> I was yes, like, oh, yeah, true. I like that. I like that. Yep. So, again, that's the, that's definitely the Bruce Lee influence there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're pretty evenly matched. You know, they're going back and forth. And, um, again, you see like this technique that I liked where Chen Zen in the middle of getting attacked or in the middle of flying away, he'll like just very surprisingly launch a counterattack. So you'll see him flipping away, and uh, Fumio's coming towards him, and then just a punch launches right at his chest. And then um, you see it. There's a part where the wind really picks up, and um, they're kind of facing off with all this stuff blowing around. But then Funakoshi's vision starts to get uh, irritated. So he starts to get hit and stuff, and um, and Chen Zen notices. Yeah, Chen Zen actually notices. kind of pauses and asks, like, "Can you see?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, nah, I'm, I'm good, I'm good." Yeah, and Chen Zen's like, "No, like, I'm not going to take any advantage of it." Mm-hmm. And like, okay, so then they both, I guess, they both carry around uh, color coordinating their <laughs> handkerchiefs. Yeah, and he uh, Chen Zen puts on a white handkerchief, Fumio puts on a black a black one mm-hmm. and they both blindfold themselves and uh, then we get another great fight where they're both blindfolded and like kind of feeling for each other listening where each other you know is standing uh and yeah this is a real testament to both of these actors and even though the choreography here um 
uh, you know, kind of perfectly mirrors what, what they're experiencing, which is like, it is less florid and they are in kind of like closer proximity to one another, but Mm -hmm. you still have, you know, these two performers blindfolded, you know, going at it fully. This is yeah. An amazing, uh, section of, of screen fighting here. Yeah. It's great. Yasuaki Kurata is so cool. He's got such a balance of kind of like, and he's rare, rarely doubled in this, in this whole fight. Uh, Outside of like, yeah, especially me and an older guy, yeah. he's he's doing a lot of his own stunts. Like outside of like the flipping around, I think it, mostly everything yeah. is him. But there's even one or two acrobatic uh, moments that that are him, and it's yeah, he's he's terrific. Yeah, and he's been in a ton of stuff too. I yeah, I man. really like, and him. he's still with us too. Yeah, in uh, seventy one. Have you guys ever seen uh, Shanghai Express or Millionaires Express? Yeah, yeah. There's a ton of people. We definitely have to watch that movie at some point because, yeah, he's in a. There's like a group of Japanese people in that, and actually, yeah, Yukari Yoshima is a, a female actress that I really right. like. She's in that same group, and um, yeah, he plays like a samurai dude or a ninja or something like that. But he's so cool. Like, yeah, like <laughs> just this kind of. At the same time, he he looks old and young at the same time. Right, and this this fight uh like terminates i think in a really surprising place Mm. which is they're both just sort of on the ground the leaves blowing around and they somehow sort of equally decide okay that's that's sort of done and i think it's Mm -hmm. this great kind of misleading of the audience here uh, especially with that that awesome line that you called out matthew you know it's like um was yeah it's a good thing you're not married um because yeah. then you'd be a, a widow. Too young to be home but a widow. it's almost as though he never intended for this to be a fight to the death. Um, mm-hmm. He really just, you know, earlier we talked about Chen Zen. Uh, he was kind of in detective mode when he went to the Japanese dojo. Um, but, you know, in this film, uh, whatever you're doing is translated through fighting or combat in some way. And so this is almost like he's trying to get to know his niece's boyfriend. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. and it's going to be through this through this fighting. Um, yep. I, I, yeah, yeah, I love this. Well, you guys didn't have to defeat your uh, father-in-law in single combat. Oh man, I don't want to bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was definitely uh, the stuff of legends. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my father-in-law could beat the crap out of me. I'm sure he's an old man, smoked yeah, every day my, in his life, too. and he. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, Fumio kind of mentions that there's like, you know, there's another guy even stronger than him, mm-hmm. uh, and that's in General Fujita. And, but he also says, you know, the way that I beat you is because I was able to adapt to your style. And he says, you know, that's like, that's the key. That's the key to it all is being able to adapt. Yeah, that's cool too. Uh, that's like a very Bruce Lee. Uh, thing to address as well you know yeah and because yeah chen zen at the outset of the fight had been talking about energy and it's it's almost as though he'd been meditating or having some kind of enlightened enlightening experience uh out in this shed but yeah he's they're now kind of expanding on it that it's it's not merely just sort of sensing the energy but uh can you adapt to what it is that that you're sensing in your opponent and a bit later on uh we get 
uh, Chenzen and Mitsuko at home. Well, Mitsuko's at home and uh, Tingan actually shows up looking for yeah, that's right. Chenzen. They have like Tingan and Mitsuko kind of have like an awkward conversation while they're waiting for, for Chenzen to show back up. Mm-hmm, I, just mm-hmm. was, I just thought it was kind of funny. But what we end up getting yeah. out of this is that uh, Tingan and Chenzen kind of kind of smooth out the uh, wrinkles of their relationship and um, mm-hmm. they kind of bond together and he uh, Tingan shows Jet Li's character like some new uh, styles that he's teaching his students and they kind of are getting excited about things and he tells him that you know he's gonna go fight uh, the general and if he doesn't make it he wants him to teach it to his students yeah and, um, this is another when when Jet Li is doing the form yeah um, this is another one of those uh, trailer-worthy moments. <laughs> For in sure, fact, it's I feel, really I feel cool. like I've seen this sequence on some kind of kung fu documentary or something. Um, yeah. yeah, it's nighttime and there's a like a fire in front of them, so it, it's lit really well. Where you've got the moonlight shining down, but you've got the mm-hmm. warmth of the uh, fire in front of them, and yeah, it looks really cool. And it shows that uh, Tingen is also kind of adapting and and you know trying yeah. to you know expand and, and get more you know adapt to the the changing world and, and new styles stuff like that so like mm-hmm. that's that's it's a cool kind of theme throughout the whole movie very cool very cool but uh, he also kind of says you know basically they'll let him back into Jingwu mm-hmm. now the next scene we have here is you get to you know you've seen the general he looks very menacing and but you don't really see him do much outside of you know the one move of him breaking uh, Akutagawa's back Um, but it's him in the dojo and all the students are around him and he's basically a demonstration of strength and um Mm -hmm. i think in all you know it's in fist of fury you've got this i was about to say this is definitely similar to fist of fury yeah you've got this uh westerner in the movie towards the end and he does these kind of feats of strength too where he's like bending a bar and stuff like that and he's kind of pounding nails into a piece of wood by yeah. hand let's say that's a that's a direct callback yes yeah. in fist of fury he takes these nails and then jams them into um, wood just using his bare hand yep. and you see fujita doing a very similar thing in this yep um again i think this one's cut a lot better it doesn't waste as much time mm-hmm uh, it's a lot more straightforward and the whole scene lasts maybe a minute at the most. Yeah. I like at the end where he kind of headbutts through some like rock slabs and then he mm-hmm. just kind of wipes his hair off like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so and yeah, the bare, little... hand, the bare hands on the nails, that's, wow. Yeah, that's insane. That's intense. Amazing. Is that a thing that really happens? Do people really do that? <laughs> I want to, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know how they I don't know how they do that. I mean, (laughs) hopefully it's just like uh, the the path for the nail has been like really worn and it's like a really smooth thing. But even so, I mean, he's using a lot of force. I don't know. Yeah. So now you've got um, Ting An is going to uh, the challenge. And just as he's about to leave, Chen Zhen shows up. So now they're going to go together and you can see that the uncle's really happy that, you know, things are coming together like they should. He's glad that they're together again and um the general is waiting for them and he has uh, a standard sign he's standing right next to it and it actually that as well as like the call back to fist of fury where it says like yeah like weak 
East Asianers or something like that. Yeah, it's something. So, hang on, um, I have it written down. Uh, it says, yeah, it's a sick men of the East, which is, and that's exactly what a sign says in Fist of Fury. Yeah. Um, although in Fist of Fury, Bruce Lee makes people eat the sign, which is a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but in this one, it's just just normal old breaking. So, <laughs> oh man, that's gosh, that's that's gonna be an episode. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> Uh, Ting and starts starts a fight with uh, Fuji. Or no, that's right. First, we see um, the the traitor student yeah. kind of comes out, and Fuji is like, "Hey, here's your student. He's a traitor." Uh, and the student is like bowing down and kind of you know kind of gives a a sad look to Ting and before bowing back down. And then Fujita shoots him. Yeah, no mercy, man. <laughs> which. It's like, oh, oof, oof. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's a really a interesting rough. scene. Um, it's almost like this is all just trying to th- throw Chen Zen off his balance because it's almost like he's kind of unveiling the plot and like, oh, this is what's what's really happened and this is the person that was responsible mm-hmm. um, for your master's death and I'm going to kill him for you. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's, I think it's all just part of his kind of menace you know um just in almost kind of just showing that he has control over over everything as far as he sees it yeah and it is pretty effective because tingan gets really riled up and he starts to attack yeah uh fujita and the thing about fujita is he's such a powerhouse that he's defend barely defending he's basically just taking Mm -hmm. a lot of the attacks from tingan and he's still holding the sign the whole time in one hand so Ting An will like do like a jump kick on him and he'll just let it strike his shoulder and he's just like whatever. Or he'll show he'll like chest bump him away. Or um yeah. he'll defend with his free arm and then uh counterattack and send Ting An flying. He gets super messed up in just a volley of maybe like four or five attacks. Um and then he uh, Ting An gets um pretty pretty badly defeated. Another Another great, there's been a couple of great shots of people getting slammed into glass windows. Oh, yeah, there's uh, plenty of that. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of that. more to come to mm-hmm. than the oh, last yeah. few minutes. Uh, but Tingen is, is kind of down for the count, and uh, this is whenever Chinzen and uh, Fujita get their big fight. And this fight goes on. This fight's like yeah. almost 10 minutes long. Uh, it's this uh, really intense, like a lot of go, a lot of back and forth, a lot of um, their start inside, go outside. Some great wire work where Jet Li does this really amazing uh, bicycle kick, and just a lot of a lot of powerful hits, like a lot of people getting f- flying back because of uh, a strong hit. Yeah, this is another fight similar to Jackie versus Benny the Jet and Wheels on Me. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I was just thinking that. It's something like a, a battle of stamina, a battle of endurance. Mm-hmm. You've got these two formidable opponents, and they're really going at it, giving it their all. And Fujita seems like he's in, unstoppable. Um, you know, he'll take every kick. He'll, you know, he just towers over Jet Li. And um, yeah, Jet Li will just like do like a flip kick towards him and you don't even see Fujita raise his arm. He just kind of takes the kick to his head like, yeah, whatever. Like you you're not strong enough to deal with me. And um it really takes a lot for uh Chinzen to just kind of not just get knocked out by all these kicks that are coming at him. And actually, yeah, we should say that um 
Billy Chow, the guy playing Fujita, he's like similar to Benny the Jet, where he's first and foremost, he was like a kickboxer. Um, right. And he mm. comes from a world of martial arts fighting, not uh, acting. So, um, But he's so to... great as sort of like a hammy villain. Um, yeah. 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 And like really we said, cool. he, he plays that kind of role, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the, the 90s. Mm-hmm. You see these um, kind of footsies things too, like I was saying before, where uh, Chen Zen like realizes, oh man, like this guy's like in my space. Like I, I got to do mm-hmm. something to get him out of here. Crazy jump kicks. Uh, man, so much stuff happening in this fight scene. There's a great bit where Chinzen goes for a punch and uh, Fujita stops it, but then he like f- flicks Fujita in the face with his fingers. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which that's, um, doesn't that happen in The Matrix? I feel like something similar to that happens. Oh, it's just, true. Actually, um, if I, I, I have a Matrix memory of, I have a memory of some, it might have been in one of the special features on uh, The Matrix, but I thought there were some actual specific beats from Fist of Legend that the Wachowskis kind of asked to be like put into mm-hmm. one of the routines. Um, so yeah, there are definitely a few moments uh, where that happens. Although, yeah. you know, like with any great fight choreographer, you're going to see kind of a little bit of their their signature from, from movie to movie. I love there's a moment that sort of echoes... Uh, Bruce Lee's famous kick at the end of Fist of Fury when he um he kicks his opponent like through the through the window of the dojo and that's the scene that actually Jackie Chan uh doubled for. Um and so we have sort of a, a similar moment to that and then we take the fight outside into this lovely yeah. sort of garden area area. One of my favorite moments is uh Billy Chow actually um he delivers this really powerful kick at Jet Li's head, which he he ducks, and then it hits the trunk of this tree, basically, mm-hmm. and it snaps in half, and then all of these, like, orange autumn leaves are just sort of floating everywhere for, like, <laughs> the next, you know, few moments of the fight. Uh, it's really kind of alluring. And then eventually they move themselves kind of back inside the dojo, uh, so yeah, there's a really you don't really end up feeling um, how long the fight is. Uh, certainly not in in a negative way because there's just so much oh, variety no. to really to the fighting, and we're just kind of moving, you know, yeah. from location to location on this set here. Yeah. Oh, that's right, and that's there's the bit where Fujita like is trying to punch uh, Chinzen, and he keeps punching like each pane of glass on the window <laughs> going yeah. along oh, that's the terrific. wall. There's a really, speaking of the people popping things out of socket, there's a really hard, kind of hard to watch bit where um, Jet Li gets like really a hard hit back and he like pops his own arm back into place. Wow. Ooh, it's rough. There's a great, great sound effect to go with it. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully that's like all in the sound effect and like, no. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Good, definitely good sound work on this. Um, and then we get to see Fujita trying to do his uh, his finisher again. Uh, we see him. He he grabs on to uh, Jet Li and uh, goes to to break his back. Um, but Jet Li's able to like to like angle it in and and like flip him over to to stop it. Ah oh, man, this is such a good fight. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, and then in the like the final throws of it, um, Fujita it kind of moves to to weaponry. This is one of the most kind of like satisfying fight climaxes 
mm-hmm. maybe maybe ever where it sort of seems like Jet Li is completely unarmed and then in this one beautiful shot <laughs> as he's like jump spinning like away from Billy Chow and the camera is like right on him in the slow-mo he <laughs> starts to flick something you're not sure what it is and it's his belt that he's yeah. you know like expertly removed and mm-hmm. the final stretch of this fight with Jet Li and his belt it's uh, perfect oh yeah. my gosh it's so good and it's great because so he's he's flipping it around like how um in Fist of Fury Bruce Lee flips around nunchucks right that's what yeah. I was going to say he, like how can he you with... hope to match Bruce Lee's like presence with nunchucks so they there's really no way that they could have done that justice if they tried to remake it so mm-hmm. um this choice to have Jet Li using this kind of uh wuxia style like whip kind of thing going on it's just so good yeah yeah and um actually you don't get it for very long but it's just very iconic and um what ends up happening is he uses uh fujita's sword against him with the whip like he kind of has it wrapped around his neck and he kind of whip releases it and it slices his own throat yeah, it's like the worst version of like, why are you hitting yourself? Yeah, uh, <laughs> the ultimate version of that. Yeah, yeah, like to, it's, to it's rough. <laughs> but so, as soon as, pretty much as soon as he defeats him, all of the like the all the Japanese forces and all of the Chinese police get in this big, um, this big standoff, and essentially they decide that no one we don't need all kill each other but you know someone needs to like something needs to happen um, right like someone needs and, to sort of take the fall yeah for this. so chen says you know like i'll i'll take the fall for this and matthew we, i'm curious at this point where was your spidey sense tingling like uh-oh we're gonna <laughs> the movie's going spidey to end sense. really quick and <laughs> well i mean I, it was, I don't know i feel like at this point i was i was i was looking at the runtime and i was like okay like there's still a little bit going because again some other movies as soon as he slit the guy's throat it would have just ended there um right. but this has a little bit a little bit of closure <laughs> um chinzen you know basically sacrifices himself and says you know he's gonna turn himself in and then it goes black and we hear gunshots uh, in insinuating that the Japanese forces shot him as like a you know as his punishment, but we see all of the all the police forces coming out and they have like there's like a body there they're carrying out and all the people are like oh is that Shinzen did they kill Shinzen? And Ting In lives, which I was kind of amazed at. Like I had a feeling that he wasn't going to make it to the to the end credits. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I like this how you you've got all these. Uh, things built into your brain now watching these movies you're like i know how these movies work let me guess yeah. but that's kind of good because i think that like those are the tables that they're kind of turning on the yeah. hong kong audience you know yeah yep then we see like one of the very last shots of the movie is we see we see chin zen and he's very much alive and in a uh car and they're and, like, driving really away some kind of dapper suit or something yeah yeah he's very stylish yep but he's driving away and he this is another thing that's a very big very big change between the dub and the sub um oh yeah the, the dub version way. he basically says i want to like you know people think i'm dead i can't show my face around here so i at least want to be with you know mitsuko again but in the the 
original version, he says, like, you know, where is another place that's being affected by the Japanese invading? And, well, we'll let's go over there. And it's definitely a very different, <laughs> a very different way to end it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, pr- I don't know. I think in some ways the, uh, the Dimension dub is a little bit more tonally consistent. Um, mm-hmm. And... And who knows, maybe that's just sort of like a a Hollywood perspective of like, okay, yeah, we're really kind of rooting for this relationship and we don't want to just sort of dismiss her because she does sort of exit the movie before Mm -hmm. the final fight. Yeah, she like Um, leaves a note saying... And so, I don't know, I I, I kind of like that that's where the focus is on the end, but um, if it isn't, it might not have been, you know, what the filmmakers intended at all, so... Honestly, <laughs> either that. one though is interesting. Is either one is yeah. a cool kind of open-ended, you know, ending to the to the to the movie. Whether it's oh he goes on and you know lives happily ever after, or he goes on to you know help out more more people being affected by this invasion. I really enjoyed the movie though, and I really awesome. I, I really liked it as a movie, like not just as a, a right. bunch of dudes yeah. beating each other up in really cool ways. Yep. Uh, which, you know, that definitely has its place, but this is like, this is a movie that like, I would just watch like with someone that isn't familiar with, with Hong Kong cinema. Dude, that's so, that's so cool. And hopefully it's like Mm -hmm. all the kind of all the sweeter, like when something like that kind of comes up in the sequence of some of the movies that we're going through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I've seen this movie a bunch of times and it never gets old. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So good. And it's, uh. I can't believe we're almost, yeah, we're getting that much closer to kind of the end of our uh, our Jet Li segment, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, he really is. He really is a a legend, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Pun intended. And uh, is this a a fist of perhaps? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, totally. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you came from the uh, Kung Fu Cinema subreddit, thank you so much for checking us out. Um, you can check us out on Facebook. We're Heroes Three Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes the Number Three Podcast. Next week is the final episode in our arc, looking at Jet Li and uh, Marty. What is our training for next week to finish this up? This is probably our smoothest turn uh, ever between between films, um, and I think this is a great great movie to pair with uh fist of legend uh this is fearless uh which is also known as uh huo yan ja uh who's the character that jetly portrays which is the master um who yeah he's the master from this movie that dies before this film and um at the time of producing that film uh jetly uh, announced that it would be his final martial arts film. He has mm. appeared in some movies that contain martial arts since, but uh, I think according to his de- definition, at least with him as sort of the central martial arts star, it's kind mm-hmm. of his uh, swan song. And luckily this is a pretty, a definitely a lot more uh, accessible movie. It's um, a lot more, it's the most recent movie we'll have done so far. It's from 2006. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And this, uh, this also uh, did come out in, uh, in theaters and, in the states i did uh, i remember yeah. i remember seeing it being advertised so until next week where we're taking a look at fearless i'm matthew i'm marty i'm carlos we are the heroes three remember your training
Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.